Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 2 The Young Paul Part 1 Paul Bunyan and His Great Blue Ox Chapter 2 The Young Paul Many, many years have passed since Paul Bunyan was born. In fact, so long ago has it been that no one knows just who his parents were, though it is said that his father was a fine, upstanding man of great strength and his mother a sturdy lass from one of the French-Canadian provinces. Whoever they were, they must have been very proud of their son, as well they might be. His birthplace is said to have been somewhere along the northern coast of Maine, and the time was long ago, before the Revolutionary War, while England still ruled the Thirteen Colonies. Paul grew so fast that he was the wonder of people from miles around. When he was only a few weeks old, his mother had to fix his bed out of doors, for he had grown so big by that time that he could no longer be taken through the door of his parents' cabin. The out-of-doors air seemed to agree with him, however, and he continued to thrive until one night he got the colic. Being such a big youngster, there was a very great deal of him to have colic, as one may well believed, and his pain must have been fully in keeping with his size from the tremendous commotion he stirred up. All the neighbors for miles around thought they were hearing the roar of a terrific storm and hid in their cellars until it should blow over. Perhaps his breaking into his father's smokehouse that day had something to do with his illness. The family's winter supply of smoked hams, bacon, and salt pork were stored there, but when Paul was discovered sound asleep in the center of the smokehouse floor, there was not a single ham or side of bacon left in sight. The grease on his hands and face showed pretty surely what had happened to the missing victuals, and as the youngster had only one tooth at the time, he most likely did not give the rich meats the thorough chewing that they should have had. At any rate, whether this was the cause of his colic or not, he rolled and kicked and tossed about that night at a prodigious rate, and when morning came, it was found that he had destroyed four square miles of standing timber. As all the trees were fine, large ones which his father had been intending to cut and sell to the sawmill as soon as it should be built nearby, he was very angry over the destruction his infant son had caused. "'We'll have to do something with that youngster,' he said to the child's mother. "'Unless we can manage to keep him out of further mischief, "'in another two or three weeks, "'there won't be a standing tree left in all Maine.' 
and then remembering the disappearance of his hams and bacon the day before, he added, nor a piece of smoked meat either. If only we had a cradle for him, his mother suggested. Then we could tie him in and rock him when he gets restless. Perhaps that would keep him quiet. A cradle, eh? said Paul's father. He roared with laughter at the very thought. A cradle! <laughs> Where could we ever get a cradle for a child that has outgrown a house? Well, I've been thinking about a cradle for him, retorted the mother. And it seems to me that perhaps you could build him something like a boat. Then we could tie him in it and anchor it out in the water in a safe place. And as long as he is there, we needn't worry about his getting into any more mischief. Hmm, not a bad idea at all, her husband exclaimed, really very much pleased with the suggestion. So he called in all of his neighbors to help him cut the timbers and haul them from the forest to the biggest shipyard in Eastport. There, all the shipbuilders and carpenters along the coast worked as hard and as fast as ever they could at building the cradle. And before very long, the great log affair was launched from the ways and anchored out in the sea. Everyone was very glad when the task was finished, for all were fearful that some night Paul might get an even worse attack than the one he had suffered before, and roll about until he destroyed everything in that part of the country. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires, and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.